In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. This episode contains descriptions of abuse and suicide. Please listen with discretion. Hello and welcome to Pop Crime, where we discuss everything from the gossip to the gavel, the latest scandals, trending legal dramas, as well as the infamous crimes and dirty deeds of the pop culture past. I'm Kiki Monique. If you follow me online, you probably know me as The Talk of Shame, your go-to source for the biggest pop culture stories and famous trials. I love to consume all the news, books, TV, movies, and other media and break down the stories so you don't have to. Every week, I'll unpack a new story in the pop culture true crime world, either something that's happening in real time or a reach back into the past. And I'll even have some of your favorite creators, attorneys, journalists, other pop culture accounts, and more on the show to weigh in. From Hollywood celebrities to gossip columnists to right-wing politicians, controversies and conspiracy theories around Jeffrey Epstein have captured the attention and imagination of everyone. Recently, 943 unsealed documents attached to the crimes of the now-deceased Epstein has the celebrity world in a flurry. Accusations, misunderstandings, and conspiracies have been swirling around social media since the news of the once-secret documents were announced. Epstein was a millionaire businessman who was accused of sex assault crimes against young girls. Epstein never made it to trial. He ended his own life on August 10, 2019 at the Metropolitan Correctional Facility in Manhattan. Following his death, conspiracy theories and memes spread like wildfire. But despite there being many conspiracy theories around his death, the federal authorities confirmed Epstein's death was self-inflicted. Online right-wing conspiracy theorists and QAnon followers see Epstein as a key figure in proving that prominent Democratic figures are involved in a sex trafficking cabal. This means, in popular culture and politics, Epstein's name has created a sort of binary. And possible association with Epstein, real or not, has celebrities and politicians pointing fingers or, worse, being pointed at. In recent weeks, some celebrities have taken to social media to defend their names from allegations that they would show up on documents associated with Epstein's crimes. It's been referred to as The List. And as social media does, it has been shaped into a story so big that it is practically myth. Rumors online cast it as a kind of client list, potentially implicating whoever's name appeared as being involved in an underworld of sex trafficking. But that's just not true. Even though it is referred to as the list, it's not a list at all. Nevertheless, rumors about the list had some people eager to point baseless fingers. Because of this, a lot of celebrities have had to defend themselves to the public and in some cases bring lawsuits against their accusers. Even worse, fake lists have been floating around the internet, namely on X, where many of the fakes are unsourced and riddled with typos. 
these posts have even led to a fiery public feud over false information about potential ties to Epstein. Today, we dig into the truth behind the list and how the rumors of the recently unsealed court documents have been wreaking havoc on the celebrity scene. Hello and welcome to Pop Crime. Today we are joined by Kate Casey, podcaster extraordinaire. That's how I refer to you. And I want to talk to you about what is real and what's not when it comes to this Epstein list. You know, I had this moment where, you know, I was traveling all this week and, you know, I get all the things. I like, I get the pre-check, the TSA pre-check. I get the clear. I get all the things because, you know, I want to get through the line. And I feel like people who were kind of early adopters, like understood, they got in those lines, you know what they're doing. And I was at the airport this week and I feel like way too many people have access to these things now because everyone in the line didn't know what they were doing. And I was like, I feel like, no, not everyone should have access to this. And this is sort of how I'm starting to feel about court documents and legal stuff because I love that in this country we can have access to all this stuff, but now it's starting to feel like Everyone has access to this stuff and it's creating so much misinformation and it almost needs to be stopped specifically with this Epstein list. What do you think? I agree with you. Um, You know, even just to just sort of look at it through a very small lens in our real housewives space, we all watch those shows. And whenever there's a legal case, the the co-hosts of the Bravo docket, you know, we kind of rely on them to go through it because we know that they are extraordinary at what they do. And to your point, most people cannot move through the complexities of legal documents and really understand. And I think in the Epstein case, we're talking about people's reputations. We're, we're accusing them of doing some egregious acts. And we owe it to ourselves and to anybody else that's even mentioned to really understand what these documents mean because painting someone into someone that they may not be could forever change the trajectory of their life. And I don't think anyone would want that of somebody who's completely innocent. No, I totally agree. And I so agree with you because, you know, I used to be obviously, you know, I loved gossip. That was my thing, right? And then at some point a few years ago, I realized I can't just rely on these articles. I need to start downloading these legal documents myself and understanding them. And yes, some of it's above my head. And so I really do rely on experts to like explain this stuff away. But the fact that people just sort of like go to X, go to Twitter and just say like, well, this this person posted this, so it must be true is insanity to me. Like, why would you just believe it without going to the source? I mean, this, they were releasing these Epstein, you know, documents over a period of time. Cause that's why when there was this whole thing, like they're releasing documents, I'm like, I feel like I've seen some documents, but I guess they were releasing them over time. There's over 4,000 pages of, you know, information. And I'm sorry, the average person, which is 90%, 99% of people are not going to understand what's in there. Well, I also think what's interesting is that years and years ago, there were there was an there was alluding to this manifesto of Epstein's planes, and this assumption that once these lists are released, we're going to have complete evidence that we're going to know who have who has been involved in this most terrible story, 
and there were rumors of who was on this manifest and it, they, it just never seemed to come out. And I personally know a celebrity who was supposedly on one of these manifests and it damaged relationships. It, 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 it was difficult for them professionally. They had a publicist that had said to them, you know, um, I can't really get you into certain opportunities because, you know, there's that list. And it's like conspiracy theorists, the QAnon people, that the storm of COVID, like that funnel made all of these, these really incorrect allegations all the worse for people. Um, and so now we're at a place where there's, as you mentioned, thousands of papers of documents that we're sifting through. And even though people are named in these documents, we still know very little of what relationship they had with Epstein and if they actually did anything that was improper. So it, it, it seems like when we had less information, people were more accusatory. And now we have more information and you would think this is definitive proof. And now we're even with the complexity of the documents, we're, I feel like we're further from the truth. This celebrity that you knew, they were listed on one of these fake lists that that went around. Yeah, that would that would that would be disseminated, and it was so absurd. She's a female comedian. Like, why in the world would she, of all people, be traveling to some Epstein Island? She's a feminist. It was a way for people to try to destroy somebody a few years ago. The best you could do is go, okay, well, I'm sure they were involved with Epstein. It's you know. Jeffrey Epstein operated in circles that were very wealthy and powerful, but he also lived in cosmopolitan city, cities. So the orbit of people that he reached was pretty vast. So you could, you know, at one point there was mention of like Carol Roswell and she's like, okay, I went to one dinner. He happened to be seated at the other end of the table. By no means did I know him personally, nor did I really know, you know, the people that he worked with directly. It can be very dangerous to assume that someone has direct contact with someone when somebody like Jeffrey Epstein was able to do such egregious acts in a private way that no one knew for years and years and years. So you think that just because somebody went to dinner with them that that means that they were involved is, is lunacy. It's total lunacy. I love reading fiction, especially gripping crime thrillers or mysteries that are impossible to put down. That means I'm finishing books fast and constantly looking for another read. When I'm trying to decide what to pick next, I know Book of the Month has my back. Each month, the Book of the Month provides me with amazing books to choose from. The list of books are all curated by their editorial team, so you know they'll be good. First, I go onto their app to pick a new book from their curated list of five to seven suggestions. I am really excited about the books I chose this month. My first book this month is The Return of Ellie Black by Amiko Jean, a page-turning mystery thriller follows Detective Chelsea Calhoun investigating a missing girl who reappears after two years, but she is left with more questions than answers. I also received Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch. In this debut novel, the suspicious death of a young doctor rocks a small town. Failed writer Elijah Lee finds himself fighting for his innocence when the circumstances of the doctor's death were ripped straight from the pages of his own novel. Book of the Month makes it easy to branch out into new genres and discover books you've never read. And shipping is always free. You can get your first Book of the Month for 
just $5 with the code PEDALS by visiting bookofthemonth.com. That's your first book of the month for just $5 with code PEDALS by visiting bookofthemonth.com. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. For just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles each month. You can choose whatever you want to rent for whatever you have going on. It's totally up to you. There are no fees, late fees, damage fees, or fees to pause or cancel. So no big deal if you lose a button or spill something or just need to take a break. They have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. Get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning in Newly's state-of-the-art laundering facility. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code POPCRIME20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code POPCRIME20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code POPCRIME20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. That's the part that is so confusing to me because obviously if this person is well-connected, that's how they're able to get away with what they did for so long. And when you're well-connected, you would expect, of course, they're going to be photographed with some of the most powerful, famous, rich people in the world. You know, like we could be taking a picture in a room with someone today and 10 years from now they could be accused of something that has nothing to do with us being associated but it's this weird weaponization i think this weaponization of like calling everyone a pedophile calling everyone a sex trafficker has become it's diluting the actual problem of pedophilia and sex trafficking which is what is terrifying to me it's like people just want to say like okay if i want to damage this person i'm just going to call them a pedophile and then people are so scared to touch it because it's such a damning you know accusation to be made against you agreed i think it's very interesting too that even with the volume of documents and someone's name is, is mentioned many times that there are a, a portion of the population who will still never believe that, any, that, that they did anything wrong. There are people who are in positions of power who probably still believe that may, maybe Jeffrey Epstein didn't do what he's been accused of. It's, it's, oh, we're almost entering an age where unless you have the videotape of it, will people believe things, right? And even then, I mean, people will say it's AI. People will say it's because, you know, we had this issue recently where Mark Ruffalo had to apologize because there was a picture going around that was falsified of Trump, you know, that was supposedly on Epstein's plane surrounded by young women. It turned out it's just like an AI thing. And so he actually had to apologize. And then Mark was like, well, this is also the fault of X for allowing sort of this misinformation to spread. So it's like, it's so bad to the point that even if we did have actual video evidence, half the country wouldn't even believe it. I think also because of COVID, 
this is just my own assessment, that we've got a little bit too used to relying on our own little circle for information. Pre-COVID, most people enjoyed reading several different newspapers, several different magazines. They wouldn't just look, for, look to one news outlet for all their information. People during COVID only had conversations around people who had the same point of view. And maybe that was a survival tactic on all of our part. But my hope is that we spend more time really listening and reading and watching several different news sources because it's so easy to stay in your own little pocket and to, and it's, you know, people have their own belief system and they sometimes look to similar people and outlets that will kind of um, affirm their belief system. But it really, like we need, all, all of us need to continue to look for all news sources. And especially as you mentioned with AI and how things are gonna get more complicated. Maybe this is an opportunity for us to invest more and belief and trust in real news organizations and salute the work that they do trying to uncover the truth and not rely so much on, you know, a TikTok account or a meme account because that's almost never factual. It almost never is. But like, unfortunately, I think that, you know, what has been created is the society where we have now been able to say we distrust the sources of news that have been legacy news sources and always given us and they actually have standards, right, by which they have to report. But because maybe there was one story that turned out to be like they had to come back and backtrack and say like, well, this is what happened. They're like, see, this is why we can't trust news. But I'm like, but this is how news works. You know, as information comes out, they report on it and that sort of thing. I think, again, it's really important to everybody should kind of like make an, like a, a list of where do I get my news from? And if you find it's only one TV channel and it's only one print source, you need to expand it. And also because there, I have to say, smaller media outlets who have enormously talented uh, journalists that are doing incredible work and they, their work often gets forgotten about because people rely on one or two media sources. So that was something that I adopted when I went to college and I started studying communications is is to really rely on several news sources so you feel like you get a, a much more well-rounded point of view. Yeah, I mean, especially when it comes to this Epstein case, because a lot of this reporting early on was coming from, you know, local journalists that were in Palm Beach and sort of very close and familiar with that society. And, you know, it, it eventually got picked up by, you know, bigger news sources later. But, you know, I love you know, going to those local journalists who are on the ground and know the people and can talk to them and have that trust. You know, rumors about Epstein, they say like everyone, Palm Beach is only this big. It's so insulated. It's an, you know, it's basically an island. It was impossible to not hear these rumors. Um, and then the fact that it got, you know, obviously swept under the rug because he got, you know, this sweetheart plea deal is really, you know, we didn't even learn about that until a decade later. I find it's helpful to me that when I like someone's coverage of whatever topic it may be, because Lord knows, you know, on my podcast, I deep dive lots of stuff, especially true crime cases. 
I will often ask a journalist, what are you, like, how are you, what are you watching? What are you reading? Because that says a lot about, you know, who's going down the wrong, like the right alley, you know, who's in the right lane? Uh, like, what are your favorite news sources? And journalists are always happy to share that. Um, listen, we live in a very media saturated world, but I think we can't forget that the people who work for these news organizations, they're studying journalism, like there's a pedigree. Yeah. And then we can't always take a 15 second clip regurgitated information from like a, a non-substantiated news source as, as the, as the word. So, um, I think, you know, like I said, people got a little bit nutty during COVID, but I think we're living in times where real news coverage is very important and we should value it. We should. And I think, you know, the reason this list I think even became a big deal is because of like, you know, the TikTok, you know, world that we live in where we have to get that grabbing headline within the first five seconds. I know that I have to capture attention of a TikToker within the first five seconds or they'll move on. And so they'll say these things like, ooh, there's this list coming. But the reality is the reason this judge even released this list is because she was like, most of this information is public. It's nothing new, actually. And even when all of this stuff came out, it was like, you know, there there are people that are named and there's still stuff that's redacted. And to me, people are so focused on what celebrities, what politicians they can drag. And I'm like, I want to be more concerned with actually the regular Joes. But I think there's like other things that were in those documents that people are sort of ignoring just to try to like mm -hmm. capture celebrities, which is weird to me. We can't forget about the actual victims. I mean, they're kind of being brushed over in this Virginia, totally being forgotten about it and what, what, what their experience have, has been over more than a decade. And we also can't forget that there are people that need to be brought to justice who work to support Epstein. Um, and, that can be forgotten about too in our, in our hunger to get these big time names. Uh, and the reality is if we do get these big time names, is it going to change anything? I'm afraid it won't. Exactly. I mean, did anything happen to Acosta? I mean, I think it's his name Acosta after, you know, you know, he resigned as whatever his labor department role was in, you know, Trump's during Trump's presidency, like nothing really seemed to happen to him when it was found out that he violated, you know, victims rights in making this plea deal. I don't like we know that sort of cancel culture doesn't exist in the way that we expected to. And you're so right, because we're not paying attention like Virginia Goffrey. She's been winning lawsuits and like, I don't feel like we're paying attention. Like she's actually winning lots of lawsuits behind the scene. There was like multiple settlements that she's been receiving on behalf of herself and behalf of other, you know, victims, which mm. says a lot. And we can't forget that just her stepping forward brings so much uh, light to sex trafficking I mean, we have all talked more about it than we probably would have uh, done otherwise without, you know, uh, an understanding of what what Epstein did and what what she accused him of doing. And I often feel like victim stories are kind of forgotten about.
been just a very weird, wild time. I never thought any documents would be released about Epstein at all. Uh, didn't you feel like there was like a stranglehold on on the legal system and anything relating to anything being re- revealed about Epstein privately would ever come to be? Well, that's what's so interesting because it did feel like for a while where it was like, okay, you know, now he is dead and it seemed like things were going to just die with him. And then we like have Ghislaine Maxwell. It's like, okay, we got her, we charged her. She's going to prison, you know, wipe hands clean, you know, even to the point where the prison that he committed suicide in shut down. It's still temp- temporarily closed. And the, you know, the security or the, you know, the COs who were on duty they were charged, you know, they were supposed to be doing their rounds. They were falsifying, you know, that they were doing the head count. They didn't do any of that. They even, the charges against them were dismissed. And it just sort of felt like nobody was sort of like getting, there was no accountability anywhere. And I felt like I, the victims were the ones like that were sitting there. Like, is anybody going to be charged for anything that's happening? We're the only ones who aren't getting anything out of this. It was so messed up. I know. Here we are. And here we Thousands are. Thousands of papers of talk. And now yeah. we have celebrities that are, you know, trying to defend themselves. I mean, this list, so many people have been named on this list. Like, obviously, the big names that keep coming up, you know, the Bill Clinton and, like, the Trump, Donald Trump. And, like, my thing is, like we were talking about earlier, it's not uncommon for, you know, you to be in circles with people that are powerful. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein and... Les Wexner, who is like a billionaire and a huge name, that was his main guy. And so he got into these circles. So the fact that Bill and Donald are trying to disassociate, it's like, just just admit it. You were friends with him. That doesn't mean we're saying you did anything. But like, you can't discount that you were hanging around. And that's not weird. Well, that's a great point to make. Someone like Epstein purposely moves his way through elite circles with the hopes that not only can he use their resources, but to put them in such a precarious situation that something can be used against them. So I'm, I'm certain that there are people that were completely oblivious to what Epstein was doing, and he was purposely using them unbeknownst to them. And then, of course, you have the whole Prince Andrew of it all. You know, Prince Andrew, you know, denied even knowing Virginia. Right. But then he did do a, a, it was a settlement with her, right? There was a settlement made. He did. Yeah. Uh, Which, you know, sometimes settlements are kind of difficult to gauge because the legal system, litigation is something people try to avoid. Um, I, I think what's most telling to Prince Andrew was the interview that he gave. And there have been so many people that have got, kind of gone through that interview with a fine tooth comb. There's even a, an upcoming HBO documentary about it, okay. just about that interview. Oh, wow. Um, I think he, the way he fumbled over himself in that interview and that picture with Virginia is is extremely damaging. And I'm just constantly um, uplifted by the way, people will not let him get away with it. Because you know in his family of origin and the royal family, they're like, let's just move past this as quickly as we can. But 
people are still making sure he's held accountable. And the weirdest thing about his whole situation too, is that he's trying to use his daughter as, you know, he was saying he was at some pizza place with his daughter that day. And I don't even know if she's ever spoken on it, but what I do know is if that didn't happen, then her daughter, his daughter knows like I wasn't at that pizza. You know what I'm saying? Like she still has to yeah, kind of live put with that, that. Your children in that. If that, yeah, it, it's, it would be a weird thing to be like exactly dragging your children into that. Some other people named the documents, David Copperfield. Um, it says he was mm-hmm. not accused of any wrongdoing, but the, the documents, but he was questioned about some stuff. And then the Jimmy Kimmel thing was so weird to me. I mean, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Okay, the Aaron Rodgers of it all is so, so funny to me because I don't know who I was having a conversation with recently, but they were like, remember when Aaron Rodgers' brother was on The Bachelor? Of course. Have you met me? Of course. I remembered every, <laughs> I was like, what's going on with the brother? This is like totally weird. Yeah. And they were all like, you know, that he doesn't have a relationship with his family and everybody was blaming it on the family, yeah. the brother. And it's just funny, years later, the family's probably like, see... We tried to tell you that, Aaron. Well, I'm sure. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, this is what we were dealing with. Now you get it. Look, Jimmy fought back when, you know, Aaron Rodgers accused him being on the list because again, there was this fake list that went around that said Jimmy Kimmel was on it. J- Jimmy Kimmel has probably seen how many of his friends' lives have been, you know, partially damaged because of this insinuation. It's like, you know, it's one thing, like, someone puts it in some, you know, website. But it's another when people talk about that privately, even in business meetings, like for those in the entertainment industry, I don't know. Well, there's rumors of you being on this list. This, uh, do we really want to do a deal with you? Do we want to give you a contract? There are lasting implications for suggesting somebody would have been um, involved with someone as hellacious as Jeffrey Epstein. So um, I hope that in the end, the, the, the documents that release the one good thing out of it is that the people that have been drugged for so many years finally get some peace. Yeah, this is true. And I'm like, I'm so curious, like, I know there's going to be an uptick. Or there has already been an uptick in so many defamation cases already. And we've seen like the people are winning. I mean, whether it's like a Cardi B going after a blogger, we obviously saw Alex Jones get that like billion dollar, you know, there people are winning their defamation case. And honestly, I want to see more of that in the future. I think that defamation cases are going to be the only thing that starts shutting down some of this like misinformation that's out here because but you of course you have to have big pockets to do that so it has to be you know the rich and the celebrities that are willing to take on these cases which is the reality which is the reality which is hard because they also don't want their business out in the streets i think you know everybody has a microphone now and i think sometimes people are very surprised by how much power they may suddenly have if they go viral and with that is 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 responsibility. And so be very careful about the things that you say because it's someone's life. You know, I mean, it's a commitment of people, but if you want to be an informed person, which I believe is the most important thing you can be as an informed person, you have to make a commitment to that. And that means reading at least two papers, uh, watching two different news sources, listen to podcasts, do as much that you can to stay informed. It doesn't take that much time Listen, people are far more uh, willing to watch a bunch of different shows or follow a certain amount of influencers or on their social media. Try to maybe scale that back down and invest more into reading and watching 
valuable news sources. Because if you see a story repeated in several different outlets, there's truth to that. But if it's a standalone piece, maybe in one outlet, and you're not seeing it written about anywhere else, that's when you have to know. I get stuff sent to me all the time. It's important to point out to people, I need you to look at the source of this. This is not a reputable. And a few people do sometimes get caught up when they get something like a clip sent to them or a link. And I know it sounds really simple and stupid, but the truth is people often don't pay attention. So it's simple, but you've got to be informed. You have to look at multiple forms of news and invest in stories uh, done by reporters that are not just at a, a national or international level, but look at the local reporters. Local reporters do great work. A lot of local reporters go on to become Pulitzer Prize winning reporters. Invest in being an informed person. What's your go-to? Where do you start and how do you like go through the day? New York Times, Wall Street Journal, uh, CNN's website. I do check out Fox News. I want to see, you know, what, what they're talking about. I do look at the AP wires. Now, I have to preface this by saying I had a career before I was a podcaster doing media consultant for global law firms. So that has always been my practice since I was 22 years old. And I found that even the, the reporters that cover the wires, like Associated Press and Reuters and Bloomberg, do phenomenal stories. They're often picked up in papers, but if you're not really you know, looking at the papers all the time, you might miss those stories. Some of those wires get picked up in Apple News. Apple News is a great source uh, for, for stories. If it's something that's international, like, for example, everything that's happening in Gaza, I asked a rabbi, for example, what do you think is an accurate, uh, the most accurate news? And he said, the Times of Israel. And then I ask uh, other reporters, well, what are you watching? And they're saying, well, I'm watching this feed. And that. so I ask reporters a lot, like, what are you listening to? What are you reading? Ask the people in your orbit, like, what are you reading? If you find that someone says just one outlet, you can't rely on them for information. It's just, you just can't. You really to be to be well informed. You have to look for as many. If you're if you're interested in financial stories, the Financial Times in in London is excellent. The Economist is excellent. Wall Street Journal is excellent. There are reporters that are on Twitter or now X, who um, are fantastic at get, getting giving links to great articles. I think we should spend more time maybe trying to dig through and find reporters that are do exceptional work and less time finding cool accounts to follow on Instagram. I worry about the future of reporting only because, I mean, you can even see it in some of like the legacy, you know, reporting or, you know, outlets that they know in order to also get their stories picked up. They sort of have to have this sort of like TikTok mentality of like, I need to get you the information quick and get you a bite. Cause like, you know, like for instance, like I'll see like a headline going around of like an interview bite. And I've learned, I don't report on that anymore. Unless I listen to the entire interview, I refuse to report on the interview. Cause so often what happens is like, they just want you to get linked over and somebody says something like, like Jodie Foster, like 
Gen Gen Z is terrible to work with or whatever she supposedly said. And I'm like, I'm positive there was more context to whatever she said around this. And I'm not going to report it. But it got reported worldwide. And it's like it's it's like sad to me that we just have this. We can't pay attention to anything more than like 30 second clips. And if that's and and we want to be first. I, I think a lot of these accounts, they want to be first and they don't care if they're right. And that's what's like so sad. I mean, and I like just not to be silly, but I mean, if you look at some accounts and it's like, you know, somebody who's reporting live from their kitchen in like the middle of nowhere. Come on, guys. Right? Like, think. Like, oh, no. Bobby McGee said. Really? Okay. <laughs> I mean, Come on. look, I like to get my information from a multitude of sources, but I always am discerning about like what I'm believing and what I'm not. I'm just like, that's interesting. Let me put this on the back burner and let me look and see if anybody else in the world is talking about this at all. Because look, I I know that there's some people that are, you know, boots on the ground. Maybe they're the first there. I don't know. Like I, yeah. I think back to like when I was reporting on um, Burning Man. Yes, Burning Man this past year. And I remember like I follow Bronwyn's mother, Dr. Deb. On, oh, Dr. Deb. And so she was, yeah. at, she goes to Birdie Man and she was on Birdie Man and she, she posts this video on her stories or she went live or something and she was like, the National Guard is getting called out. <laughs> so I, of course, I'm like, is anyone else talking about this? And I'm like trying to find information, but it's like literally like 11 Yeah, and then you PM. go to Twitter and then you're looking through the feed and you see no, none of the reporters there. And I'm like, yeah. all right, I'm just going to report on it. I was absolutely wrong, but but what I was right about was uh, apparently they were in communications about, you know, the fact that they were all stuck in the mud. So there was some truth to it, and we obviously learned that they were stuck in the mud, but yeah, I've learned my Mm -hmm. lesson. Don't just go uh, listening to someone's live where they're talking from their RV. Dr. Deb. I mean, that was, as soon as you lost me at Dr. Deb, I was like, wait, what? You're like, why were you listening to her at all? She is entertaining. Yeah. I mean, she is a, she is a doctor. <laughs> a, a doctor of not the news. So there you go. Oh, my gosh. So, well, okay. I know this. Like, I didn't expect to be actually laughing so much during this Epstein. Because it, it's <laughs> such a... No, but it is such a... It's such a dark story. But also, like, I just... Again, I think there is... We need to stop with this whole, like, weaponization of anyone who is, you know we're going to call everyone a pedophile just because we don't like their beliefs or their politics or whatever. And we do need to focus on like what the truth is out there. And also remember, like just because somebody is in a picture with somebody doesn't mean that they are a terrible person. It means that the person is probably a really good con man. Like there's a lot of good con people in this world. I mean, you know, the more I read about Jeffrey Epstein, And even his, you know, that whole, there was that Vanity Fair article about him and his connection to Leslie Wexner and sort of like how he sort of like infiltrated that circle or, you know, that man and, you know, his whole business. Well, you know, it really, it really began when he, he worked at a school in New York City and he began cultivating relationships with the parents there. The parents who, of course, you know, worked at these financial service institutions if you, it, it's not like he had this incredible ed- education pedigree. Yeah. He kind of began we, like weaseling his way into the right places, even back that far. I would like to say that if you're looking for a book on Epstein, I highly recommend James Patterson's Filthy Rich, The Jeffrey Epstein Story. James Patterson, of course, is this novelist, but he lived next door to Epstein. 
and noticed there was some strange behavior going on there. He went on to write this book, and I'm telling you, they actually made it into a series. Oh, that was a Netflix series. Yes. Okay. And the book is excellent. Again, it's by James Patterson. It's called Filthy Rich, the Jeffrey Epstein story. Okay. Yeah. I did watch the series and yeah, that was like, that was enlightening. There was so much information that again, I think that so many of the public just doesn't know. Like we kind of know the story as a whole. There's this like creepy pedophile that lives on his own Island and sex traffics girls. But yeah, his whole rise to how he got there and how he was able to like keep doing this for as long as he was able to do this is scary. And a lot of these people have not been held accountable. And so when people say like, we need the people held accountable, it's like, that's what I want to focus on is like the people who are still functioning, have lives, who were a part of letting this go on for so long, who nothing's happened to them. Mm -hmm. It's wild. It's wild. Well, Kate, thanks so much for joining. Can you tell everyone where they can find you? you? Well, you can listen to Reality Life with Kate Casey podcast anywhere where you listen to podcasts. I put out a weekly must watch list at katecasey.substack.com. It's going to tell you what to watch each week. So Mondays, I tell you what to watch. And then the rest of the week, I have interviews with the directors, the talent, the producers behind unscripted TV. So reality shows, documentaries, and docuseries. And you can find me on Instagram at KateCasey, TikTok, it's Kate Casey, and on Twitter at KateCasey. And I also have a great Facebook group, Reality Life with Kate Casey. I love your what to uh, what to watch list. What should we be watching? What up? Uh, what's upcoming that we should be watching? Well, right now you got to watch American Nightmare on Netflix, which is a, a three part series about a couple who had a home invader. Um, he actually had been stalking them. He kidnapped the girl and took her captive for two days. And when the boyfriend called the police to report that there was a home invader and someone had kidnapped his girlfriend. They were very skeptical of his story. She reappeared two days later, walks into a police department and says, I was taken captive and I was sexually assaulted. And the Vallejo Police Department did not believe her. And they had a police officer that went on air and called it a complete hoax. Well, it wasn't a hoax. Weeks later, there was an arrest for uh, another crime. And this astute female detective who had by chance been on a ride to that arrest, noticed that the person that was arrested seemed to have a lot of strange things in his cottage in Lake Tahoe and saw one, like one blonde hair and it like stuck with her. And by the process of like, they found a computer that was in the, the, the cottage. They were able to, she was able to connect it to this crime in Vallejo. Wow. And ultimately, the Vallejo Police Department were sued and settled with this couple. Wow. Um, and Denise Hoskins and Aaron uh, Quinn, and they went on to get married, but they wrote a book called Victim F. And this is the story of what happened to them. And it's a real wake up call on how the media, especially in America, can jump on a story sometimes, which can be untrue. This is also, you know, in Epstein's case, Mm -hmm. very similar to and how damaging it is. So I think once you watch it, it is, it's, it's pretty jarring. It's, it's difficult to watch at times, but, um, ultimately, you know, she did receive a settlement and they did get married, but, and she's, you know, she's got the power back now in terms of telling her story, but I'm just watch. I interviewed the producers of it. 
I'm watching the, the discussions online and I think people are really taken by the story. And I think it's a really, like I said, a good wake up call about how we uh, take in news, how sometimes the media jumps on what they believe to be a salacious story and how victims can be re-victimized through the media. Okay. I can't wait to listen to your interview with the producers. You're so good at like, yeah, getting uh, the people who make the creators of these series. It's so good. Oh, I love it. Oh my God. Well, thank you, Kate, for joining. Um, I want you to come back, obviously, to Pop Crime. Until next time. Pop Crime is produced by Sean Kilby, Shannon Sassone, and me, Kiki Monique. Editing by Shannon Sassone, guest booking by Ali Freelander and be sure to follow me at the talk of shame on TikTok and Instagram and send your emails to podcast at betches.com Betches